From the Summer Skate Studios behind the Mask Hockey Shops present College Hockey West Live. Behind the Masks College Hockey West Live is brought to you by Desert Toyota of Tucson. No games, no gimmicks, just a great car buying experience. See us at DesertToyota.com or at 7150 East 22nd Street in Tucson. Top Golf, let us help you reimagine your next business meeting or team building event. See your regional center or go to TopGolf.com. The NCHC and NCHC.TV. Subscribe to NCHC.TV to watch the best in college hockey since 2013. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Visit any of our Three Valley locations or go to BehindTheMask.com whether you're on ice or in line. Jets Pizza. Whether it's our legendary Detroit-style square or New York-style thin crust, Jets Pizza is better because it has to be. The Tag Creative Group. Search T. Grand Rudd at redbubble.com and let us help you design that one-of-a-kind gift for someone special. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, whether it's Las Vegas or any of our other worldwide properties, an iconic vacation awaits you at any of our destinations. The Spaghetti Shack, classic Italian comfort food quickly with locations in Tempe, Pine Top, and our ghost kitchen in Queen Creek. Order online at thespaghettishack.com. Liberty University, play for something more, faith, education, and hockey at liberty.edu. Summer Skates, whether our original red or new black shower shoes, show your game and style at summerskates.com. And by the Caesars Sportsbook app, a proud partner of the NHL. College Hockey West Live from the Summer Skates studios presented by Behind the Mask as a part of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right. Well, welcome in, hockey fans, to another Sunday night. This is a very special week for us here at uh, Ice Time Hockey West and the College Hockey West uh, Live and Weekly Shows because it is what I'm calling, anyway, the uh, NCHC Week. So Scott Strandy with you today from a very balmy 106-degree day in Palm Springs, California. My co-host, as always, Paul Hornstein, joining me from that beautiful, big palatial estate which i just found out folks has a fire pit out on long island new york paul how are you and are you by the fire pit tonight no i'm not i could be <laughs> um, <laughs> the servants didn't fire it up or what um no i didn't because i don't have servants uh, so i'd have to do it <laughs> I'm not sure my wi-fi will reach out that far maybe next week <laughs> Oh, yeah, my system. It, even even getting better. So it's so big that you're having a hard time just reaching the uh, the Wi-Fi base. I get it. Uh, I no. get it. Uh, some of, listen, I'm not, some of us live in, you know, estates. Some of us yeah, don't. Well, uh, well, yeah, I don't know. You know anybody that does? Because I don't. I certainly don't know anybody that does. <laughs> yeah, I know Maybe a few Michael people. Does, but I don't live there. Yeah, I know a few people that do. Anyway. <laughs> This is NCHC week. You like that? I just kind of, I was thinking about it. I thought, you know, it's June. There's playoffs. There's all kinds of hockey stuff to talk about. Yes, I know. It's the typically off season for uh, college hockey. But there's so much to talk about that I thought, why don't we just uh, have an NCHC week? So I asked Michael Weissman, the associate commissioner of the NCHC, if he'd be willing to come on. And he so graciously accepted my invitation and then i begged him kind of <laughs> to see if we could get the director of officiating the new director of officiating mike schmidt on for tuesday we're still working on that one but right. hopefully uh we get him on because um mike and i go way back did i tell you that all the time all <laughs> the time many moons ago uh mike schmidt was the director of uh usa hockey officials for the region up in North Dakota, and right. uh, Mike certified me all the way up to, I believe, level four oh, is where you where are I... certifiable. That is for darn sure. <laughs> and to make it even better, his son Brandon and I did a lot of games together at the youth right. levels and and high school and junior gold and all of that stuff. So, um, real happy to see Mike get this position. Uh, he's definitely earned it. A ton of experience. He's. Uh, well, Michael will tell us more about why he got this position, but I can tell you right now that it's, he's a great guy and uh, going to do a great job in that role. So congratulations, Mike Schmidt. Um, also, 
uh, some NCHC teams released some full schedules. And uh, the first one I want to get to, Paul, before Michael comes on is um, right, well, Colorado College second. surprised us, didn't they? Yeah, well, hold on a second. Just because I, if I don't get this in, we probably don't get it in. But Atlantic Hockey also named their a uh, their their new head of officials and uh, USA Hockey added Brett Larson to the World Junior staff for 2024. And Travis Colrain from the uh, Denver Pioneers is going to be the video coach. All right, so now we can talk about the, the various schedules. And actually, there are eight teams in the NCHC. As we all know, at least for now, right, Michael? Um, <laughs> at least for now. <laughs> for now. Um, oh, you're going to start off early, aren't you? Well, I, I don't know. It just popped into my head, you know. Um, That's scary, folks. Believe me, that is scary. But seven of the eight teams have released their full schedule. Who are we missing, Paul? Denver. <laughs> I think we can piece that one together, though. <laughs> well, well not pretty close. Yeah, I uh, mean, pretty I'm close. Sure that there are. Who are they waiting for? They want to. They want to play the maroon and gold team too. Uh, sometime. I don't know. What the heck do I know? You have to ask them. I. I they don't ask me. I just <laughs> wait till it comes out. I mean, could we? Could we piece it together from other schedules? Yeah, we probably could. At least then we're talking about the non-conference. They've released their conference schedule, obviously. Yeah, I believe we're everybody everybody did that quite a while ago. <laughs> yes. Michael was right on top of that. Got that right out. So, from the ahead. best conference in college hockey, I might add. Right. So, um, I'm just saying that uh, you know I don't know why seven of eight. Maybe Denver's waiting for. I don't know, the Nuggets to be finished? I don't know. Maybe. Well, that'll be over pretty soon. <laughs> no, I don't I don't know. I only know they're playing. I have no idea who won games and who's winning and all that other stuff. I, I happen to have it on here in the hotel in Palm Springs, and they're they're leading by one, but they're going to run away with this. <laughs> it's kind of scary. I haven't watched professional basketball in over 30 years, so. Um, okay. <laughs> well, I, I don't know what I, they're waiting I, I, for I either. I know the names of the teams. They're... Uh, they're probably waiting for uh, championship number 10. Okay. <laughs> but don't you have to play the schedule before you get to yeah, it? It's a, it's a little facetious there, a little joke. Oh. Uh, anyway. Um, okay. So uh, the schedules are out. Uh, Colorado College is one that I think surprised me anyway. By uh, uh, I, I, Yeah, I think it surprised a bunch of people, to be by honest. By playing Minnesota. In Minnesota the first week in January. Uh, yeah, they're going to play the other maroon and gold team. And uh, and then they're going to play Minnesota Duluth right afterwards. That's, um, that's a, uh, that is formidable. That is, listen, they're going to go there, you know, I mean, I guess they're going to, I assume it's, well, it's during Christmas break, though, too. They'll stay there. It's not like they'll travel. Yeah, I think I it's only, think I think it's only a five-day uh, window there. I think it's the seventh and then so the they're 12th? playing on a Sunday and a Monday at the other maroon and gold team in their new reconfigured um, Mariucci, who lost twice to USC Arena. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> and then Duluth on Friday. Oh, Saturday, you are in so. rare form tonight. Michael probably just wants to check back out again. Speaking of that, speaking of that, we're not going to talk to you anymore. Let's just okay, uh, let's just bring on the associate yet, commissioner so. from the NCHC, the best college hockey conference in the country. Michael Weissman, joining us. Michael, Scott, and Paul with you. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? It's been a long time. Yeah, it's good to, good to hear you guys. Thanks for having me on. I was enjoying your uh, conversation about the schedule and uh, the other various NCHC happenings so I've been listening to. But, yeah, things are good. I wish the weather in Colorado Springs was a little better. We've gotten an unusual amount of rain lately. But uh, other than that, things are good. Oh, well, as you know. As you know, I've been in California, so it's 106 right now here in the desert. And, uh, Michael, if you weren't aware, Palm Springs has uh, loose sand everywhere and a lot of wind out by I-10, and it blows. And the other day I saw something I'd never seen. There were four roads closed due to sand drifts. 
You ever witnessed that before? I can't say that I have, but I am actually going to be in Palm Springs uh, later in July. So uh, it's good to know for when I'm out there uh, in a couple months. <laughs> Stay away from I-10. Just get into the city where it's calm. But anyway, it was, uh, it, it's been uh, just unbelievable with the wind here. It's, uh, anyway, um, you can't move the sand either like you can snow. They try, but it's so fine. It just, uh, it just blows and swirls around again. You can't hardly move it. So they're using payloaders and dump trucks to remove the sand off the highways. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad I'm glad I'm out there right now. Hopefully they get that cleared before I get there. So, well, uh, just get here in time for the parade because the Coachella Valley Firebirds are going to win the Calder Cup. You heard it first here. Okay, okay. I saw I saw <laughs> oh. the Hershey uh, the Hershey Bears got it done the other day. We got uh, quite a few alums on on the Bears, and I know we got a couple on Coachella Valley. Jimmy Schultz out there, and I think there may be one or two others. So um, it's uh, it's a good series. Looks like uh, was it three two against Milwaukee right now. Yeah, playing here tomorrow night, and uh, Game 7, if needed, will also be here on Wednesday night. So, we'll see. Paul would like to uh, to interject something here, but I'm going to beat him to the punch because you mentioned NCHC alums that are playing, but uh, Joey Decord is the goaltender uh, for Coachella Valley who um, has become an instant fan favorite out here. He's played at ASU, and Paul would like to ask you right off the get-go. Paul, go ahead and ask Michael. Um. Well, Michael knows what's what, uh, listen, I'm just, one, you know, like I said, we have a situation where, um, there's plenty of rumors and, uh, we would like to know when, uh, when, 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 when things are going to, when things are going to change, when are we getting more teams? Uh, yeah, no, it's a great, great question. Uh, you know, I, I don't think, you know, if, if I, a had the answer and, uh, B told you the answer, I don't think my boss would be too thrilled. So, um, in saying that, uh, no, I mean, we had our annual meetings, uh, down in uh, Florida at the, at the end of April, like we do every year. And, right. um, certainly, uh, there was, was conversation, uh, surrounding membership and, and possible expansion and, uh, what that might look like. Um, there's obviously a lot going on with the NCAA as well, just in terms of um, requirements to be Division One members and um, you know potential ways conferences operate in terms of um, compliance and, and governance and legislation. And so um, I think there's a lot of things that we're just kind of having to weigh and keep in mind. And um, you know we'll see. I mean I think there uh, there's there's things on the table and, and we'll see if they come to fruition. But uh, but yeah, that's that's about uh, what I can say on that. Michael, let me. I'm 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 just gonna I'm gonna ask not a, a, a similar question, but not specifically in, in terms of, <laughs> of ASU because uh, it it's you know it is what it is. Um, one of the Division three conferences has already kind of made some adjustments to get under a multi-sport, the, 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 their members' multi-sport conference banner. Mm -hmm. um, now that we've passed June 1st, and all of that stuff is kind of back on the table, mm -hmm. um, what was the talk about that when you were at these meetings in Florida? Yeah, so uh, I was not privy to those meetings. I was with the coaches, and that was a discussion with uh, our commissioner and the athletic directors. But I know it was certainly discussed, um, you know, kind of along the lines of, of membership and, and potential expansion. Um, I think that that was a healthy part of the conversation down in Florida. And, um, you know, I think um, I'll just say there's there's probably more to come on that just in terms of um, exploratory and, and seeing what is out there down the road. Um, I think there's a lot of unknowns. Um, I wasn't aware of the Division Three conference that had moved under the uh, multi-sport umbrella, but that's that's some of what I was alluding to earlier when I was talking about the governance and compliance and legislation and what the NCA may pass off to to the conferences. And if that's if that uh, does you know happen and that's the case, then I think it could become difficult for single sport conferences such as as ourselves and and really all college hockey conferences um, to kind of survive. So I think we're trying to just be a little proactive in that sense and. Um, you know, kind of making sure we, we know what's out there. And, and if it comes to that, you know, in three, four, five years down the road or, or maybe sooner, you know, I don't know that it's I don't think it's happening around, you know, the corner tomorrow. But no. um, I think we want to be prepared. And so I think that is something that um, was discussed and um, is potentially something we'll we'll look into more. Um, so, yeah, I think I think you may hear uh, kind of more on that topic um, as the months roll along here. Because that would seem to me to affect 
whether schools add teams or not. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't want to go too far into the weeds, but I mean, right. I think the conferences that that have hockey playing schools, such as the Summit League or the Mid-American Conference or the MAC, um, would be two logical ones. But, you know, if those conferences sponsor hockey, that affects what you were saying, realignment, right? If the MAC were to sponsor hockey, well, that's Miami, Western Michigan, and Bowling Green. Well, right now, two of those are in our conference and Bowling Green's in the CCHA. Right. And then if, if the Summit League does it, we have three Summit League teams, North Dakota, Omaha, and Denver. But, but St. Thomas is also a full-time Summit League member. Now they're in the CCHA. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, either way, either way there, right? Something, there's some, something from a realignment standpoint would have to happen. And, and there may be other conferences. I don't, you know, I don't know probably out East America East would be one that would kind of comes to mind. Cause you have a lot of those New Hampshire's and Maine's and Vermont's in there, I believe, but I'm not, you know, I'm not sure what else. Um, big 10 obviously is already covered. They, you know, right. they, they are a multi-sport. So that that's not an issue for them. Right. They're the so, only ones. Right. And the, and the other schools that we haven't really mentioned are D2 and D3 schools. So their multi-sport conferences are, are not an option. Um, so that's why the summit and the Mac typically get brought up because those are the ones that do have D one, you know, members in, in the multi-sport conference already. Um, and like America East is another example out East for, for a lot of those hockey East schools that, that could work. Um, you know, Boston college is in the ACC, but I don't, I don't see that anything like that happening. Right. I don't think the ACC is too concerned with hockey right now. Um, although, no. Notre, although technically Notre Dame, is an ACC full-time member, but they're obviously an affiliate of the Big Ten, so that that would be two there. Um, you know, I suppose the Big East, and you know, you have Providence, but I think they're—I believe they're the only Big East school, unless I'm forgetting someone. That so anyway, I'm again getting a little deep in the weeds there, but yeah, you're you're right in terms of realignment. So I think that's why it's all part of the same discussion because it does somewhat go hand in hand, you know, um, in what and what we're looking to do and, and really what all of college hockey is looking to do. So that's why it's a little tough to give you exact answers and things like that, because they do kind of go, go hand in hand. But, but like I said, we are trying to be proactive and um, certainly both uh, membership and multi-sport potential multi-sport uh, alignment are, are two things that Heather is um, I would say very, I don't know if gung ho is the right word, but certainly <laughs> in, in tune and, I, I would say more um, into that or more open to that than maybe even Josh was or was concerned about. Okay, so so after Paul dug into all that, let's go into something you can talk about. Wait, were, were my PC answers good enough there? I hope I, hope <laughs> yeah. I covered well, that. Well, no, listen, because, <laughs> listen, Michael, I mean, first of all, you have to know that, that these are the things that not just I'm interested in, you know, most of the fans are interested sure, in this stuff. Sure, sure, I get it. Um. And, and, and secondly, um, because it affects, I mean, college hockey is, as, as you know, is, is probably the most unique of the college sports because of the cross division mm -hmm. for sure. membership. Yep. Okay. Um, you know, Atlantic hockey is only going to be able to take so many teams. I mean, it's, it's, it, people seem Binghamton has basically come out and said, yeah, we're going to start. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um everybody expects utica to start too yeah um, stonehill liu are still sitting out there you know we've got uh and and some of those other um teams that are aligned with liu in their women's conference you know there's 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 rumors of that too so mm -hmm. um and that could affect atlantic hockey like say for example sacred heart being a member of the northeast conference like a lot of those teams yeah so yeah so, northeast i mean there's the other the the other mac with two a's right which actually used to sponsor hockey back correct, in the day and, right. i mean they've got you got like canisius and niagara and those schools are full-time maac members so yeah there's right. i mean there are conferences out there that have d1 playing hockey members but you know and and like I said, you know it as well as I do. You probably get these questions from everybody, not just us. Um, and, you know, in terms of the way the NCAA is operating, um, you know, they're not going to ask, they, you know, if, if they're more than welcome to try and come on and, 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 and explain to us what they're thinking. Um, you know, it just uh, we, we want what's best for college hockey. So, you know, people want to know we have to ask. <laughs> yeah, no, I, you're just doing your job. I, I, I totally, totally. Wait get a it. minute. He has a job. 
Well, this is a, this is a side gig, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I yeah, try anyway. to fake it, but <laughs> yeah, no, that's totally fair. I mean, I'm glad I'm glad we got the hard questions out of the way early. So okay, here is the easy. Now one. we can go back to scheduling or whatever. Oh, okay, Yako, you want me to ask? I can ask that question too, right? No, I mean, no. CC, CC, CC is going to stay up in Minnesota. I do know that for their okay. Uh, their we guess that between the Gophers and the Bulldogs, yeah, because they moved that to a Sunday Monday. Originally, I had it as a a Friday, Saturday, but then they moved it to a Sunday, Monday. So I'm guessing yeah. that was part of it. Okay. That makes sense. Speaking of the great North, um, you guys made the announcement that uh, Mike Schmidt will be coming on as a new director of officiating, taking over for Don Adam. Um, uh, you know, I told you in my email that Mike and I go way back some mm -hmm. 20 years, almost. Small, um, small could there be a better individual to represent officials in the NCH season? And, and Don did a great job as well, but, Mike is just such a personable uh, individual. If you ever want to be trained by anybody, be trained by Mike Schmidt. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, first, I, I mean, I just want to thank uh, Don Adam for, you know, really establishing the officiating program. Uh, he was our, has, had been up until, you know, the other day, our only director of officiating. Uh, he actually had been with the NCHC longer than me. So um, he started our officiating program. He hired all our officials, kind of established the policies and how we operate and, um, so yeah, you know, it was, it was a tough day, uh, for me and for Verna Toller, who's our business operations manager, who the three of us have been here from, you know, pretty much the start. Um, and so it was, it was a tough day cause you know, you never like to see someone, uh, you know, lose their job and, uh, yeah, you know, Don did um, a lot of great work, but, uh, you know, Heather felt like we wanted to move in maybe a little bit of a, a different direction. And, um, Mike has, has really also been with the NCHC more or less since the start, uh, in a little bit lesser role as a supervisor of officials and, and as you alluded to was a longtime on ice official in the WCHA and has worked with USA hockey and uh, done a lot of neat stuff internationally and things like that. So uh, we're really excited to, to have Mike Schmidt on board. Um, we think he'll bring maybe some new ideas and different perspectives. And, um, you know, I think he's, um, you know, his, I think his relationships with the coaches is maybe a little bit different. I think um, you know, after 10 years on the job, I think Don and the coaches had just maybe butted heads one too many times. And, um, you know, Mike gives a little bit of a different perspective and a little bit different personality. And so, um, he already has those relationships established, which is one thing that, you know, was attractive to, I think, Heather and the membership and, um, you know, was, was something that was a valuable piece is that he already kind of knew all of our on ice officials. He knows, you know, how we operate or how we operated in the past. And so, what he you know would like to change he already kind of has in mind how he wants to change a little bit um trying to look a little more forward and scheduling and things like that um he's talked about maybe even doing some um videos kind of like you see from nhl de uh, department or nhl dops to uh, department of player safety where they kind of explain the calls and things like that I, you know i don't know that we would do it for every you know major call or all, every suspension but I'm um, just trying to explain a little more to fans on kind of, you know, why the decisions are made what they are and, you know, why a call was made. And so, um, you know, he brings a, a ton of experience and um, a little bit of a different perspective and uh, we're excited to, to work with Mike and um, his, his scheduling uh, also, I think uh, is a little bit more flexible, you know, for those that didn't know, Don Adam was a full-time police officer, which um, is awesome. And again, thanks for his, uh, for his service in that field, but that made uh, his, his, uh, schedule very difficult in terms of availability, um, you know, both traveling and, uh, and during the daytime. And so, um, you know, Mike, uh, we think he'll have a little bit more availability and, um, just again, bring kind of that different perspective. So, uh, we're excited for Mike to get started and then, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, make things, uh, even better than they were. Well, I'm not going to argue that a bit. I just have one thing for Mike right now. I'm going to try to talk to him about having the officials stay out of my camera site. <laughs> I mean, that, that is clearly the top priority when they're on the ice you know? always so, well uh, that, that's what i thought right i mean, I mean not worrying not worrying about the game or you know making no. sure they're avoiding the puck that's flying at them or the players that are flying at them but and speaking sure of that michael uh, i've done a lot of shots from the cutout in Coachella Valley, and it's like a magnet to pucks. I'm telling you, uh, I have been so many close calls. The other night, uh, three times I had pucks nearly take me out in the cutout. So um, no, no yeah. broken cameras, I hope. 
No, 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 no broken cameras for me. A couple of guys have had them, but uh, anyway, uh, that's a little uh, tongue in cheek stuff with Mike. I'll uh, I'll joke around with him, but yeah, yeah that's uh, really happy for him. I've known him, like I said, for years, and the job that he's done, and and uh, of course Brandon, Brandon's still working right with the NCHC. Yep, he's a referee for us. I, uh, he was, uh, I think, a linesman when he started, and has been a referee the last couple of years. So um, yeah. It'll be uh, fun to kind of have that father-son combo, and um, we'll have you know other officiating supervisors that we've had in the past, uh, Ron Foyt, and um, I'm not sure if Brent Rutherford is coming back for another year, if he's going to retire, but uh, he's kind of been our guy out in the Miami, Western Michigan uh, area, and um, you know perhaps Mike will bring some new people on board. We'll see, um, and maybe some new on-ice officials as well. But um, you know, just uh, you know, after 10 years, uh, I think Heather just felt like it was time to maybe make a change and uh, freshen things up a little bit. And so, uh, you know, we're excited to Mike for Mike to bring that new perspective. Okay, Paul, you still there? Or, um... Oh yeah, I'm still, no, I'm just, I'm just listening. I'm just kind of going over these schedules and <laughs> okay, you know, still, still, looking, still looking at the schedules, huh? Yeah, no, I like, well, listen, I mean, there's, um, what, was, what, what, what is it here? Uh, let me make sure I get the right team. Um, Okay, well, you do that. Let me ask him a question. Somebody's playing Michigan over Thanksgiving weekend. Michigan's going to St. Cloud State over Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, that's that's. Yeah, I knew somebody was playing. Yeah, you don't see the Wolverines go on the road for non-conference too often, so that's no, that's pretty cool. And 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 what I was getting at, as long as, I mean, if I'm sure you guys ask these questions, like, you know, depend you. I mean, to me, I'm sitting here and. Um, I'm like, man, maybe that, I mean, I mean, I'll get to watch it on nchc.tv, but man, it'd be nice if CBS sports would cover one of those games because that's big time right there for Thanksgiving weekend. I know it's a little early before they start, but, uh, does that ever get poked at something like that? Uh, uh yeah uh yes it does um okay. i mean I, honestly Listen, from... i understand that they that they would say would say that they could say no i mean I, that's their right but yeah, i'm no, just curious so i'll be interested to see um we usually we've sent cbs our composite schedule um because i right. actually I, like you're talking about denver hasn't released theirs you know i i have denver's non-conference schedule and so right i have our full composite master schedule for the season and we've shared that with cbs but they um, first they'll have to finalize their football schedule. Then they'll have right. to finalize their college basketball schedule. Then they slide in the college hockey. And so that Thanksgiving, that. that Thanksgiving weekend is usually pretty full of college basketball tournaments, neutral site tournaments. And, um, you still have college football going on. That's usually yeah. the la- last or second to last weekend of the regular season. So, um, that, that said, I think CBS would probably be interested in that game, but from an NCHC perspective, we actually prefer them to show conference games because Michigan gets plenty of airtime as it is. We don't really need to provide Michigan airtime. I get it from a neutral fan's perspective that that's an appealing matchup, but which was um, what I was getting at. We we get we only get eight regular season games on CBS Sports Network, so that's only sixteen spots. And right to give one of those to a non-conference team, like like so last year was a good example. St. Cloud State in Minnesota was on. Right. CBS Sports Network, and we actually pushed back quite a bit on that uh, against it. And really? I, I, yeah, because we, we'd rather – because you get a team like CC did not have a home game on CBS Sports Network last year. So we would rather give at least get CC on air, even if it's a road game, than right. give it to, to Minnesota, who – no offense to Minnesota. Like, why? Why do we need Listen, to show? We don't need to showcase Minnesota. Michael, they're on. They're Listen. on the Big Ten Network. They're on ESPN. Like, we don't. We don't Michael. need to showcase Minnesota. Yeah. Listen, uh, if it's one thing you don't have to worry about with me, is uh, is if you want, if they could go away that school for all I care. <laughs> now I wouldn't go quite that far. I, mean, I will. I don't that's... care. They, my, my disdain <laughs> for that fan base is, is I don't keep that a secret. Okay. Michael, I understand you're not. You can't say anything. I'm not asking you to say anything. I'm just letting you know. I I <laughs> am behind you with that thought process. Yeah. No. So so you're but back to your question about the Michigan St. Cloud and and kind of the CBS schedule. Yeah. I mean, they may they may look at that game and say, oh yeah, we would like to do an early game if if they can find the time slot. I think honestly that that between basketball and football, I think right. they'll have a tough time finding space for a game, but. 
if they could find it. Yeah, they, they might be interested. They would probably wish that game was in like January and then they would take <laughs> it. But um, yeah, we, we did push back. Ultimately, they I mean, they have final say in that game. Right. It was aired on CBS Sports Network. But um, we kind of like the every Friday conference game leading up to the frozen face off. And um, we'd prefer to keep those 16 spots for, for our teams and try to get our teams on two or three times if we can. Oh, no, I uh, get that. But, you know, but, you know. For, but I get CBS, you know, CBS likes the big name and Minnesota and Michigan are, are big names. And so, um, you know, they did a Notre Dame at Omaha game a handful of years ago. Uh, I think that was back in like October, November. So they they have done that when there's quote unquote, you know, a, a bigger name. Typically, it's a, a Big Ten team or Notre Dame. All right. um, well, I'll, I'll tell you what, if, if, if Congress ever gets their act together <laughs> and yeah, I know it is kind of funny <laughs> to say that. Yeah. And and settles this whole uh, daylight savings time thing. I mean, you could add a team in the Pacific time zone, and you could have late night games <laughs> earlier in the season. Oh, you can go around the horn as many times as you need to, and it's not going to answer anything. Anyway, I saw, I saw there was an article in the UCLA student newspaper about uh, an editorial about adding a team. I don't know if you saw that article. That article oh, but... absolutely. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. Um, and. You know, as you can, heard, can I put the kibosh on that right now? That is no, so far not, away. No, 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 wait, it is we, so far away. Well, the reason, the only reason, I mean, it wouldn't even affect the NCHC because they're a Big Ten member. So if, that's if right. UCLA ever started hockey, they would be. A, that was part of the article. Was they already yeah. have a? It was not a knock necessarily in Arizona State, but it, UCLA already has right. a conference. They would just be in the Big Ten. Right. Yeah. So, all right. That being said, we've we've gotten through the first ten years of the league. Mm-hmm. Um. Where would you say the biggest change has been from year one to year 10 as we head to year 11 of the league? Um, And are there things that will happen in the next year or two? Forget about expansion or realignment or whatever that, that, that the fan will, 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 that it won't be subtle and, and fans will, will, will notice right away. Um, I guess I'll take the first part of that. The, I mean, the, you said the biggest change from year one to year 10. That, that was the first part of that yeah. question. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, um, I mean, that's, that's a, a tough question, a good question, but a tough question. I mean, I think the easier, obvious answer to me is just kind of our brand recognition. Um, you know, there was a lot of uncertainty and people kind of questioning if it was the right move for, the NCHC to exist and those teams to leave, you know, the WCHA and um, a little bit from the CCHA and was it the right move and what was the NCHC all about and what was the frozen faceoff going to be like? And, you know, it's never going to live up to the old WCHA. It's never going to live up to the final five and um, things like that. And so I think, you know, now in year 10, um, I think most college hockey fans would agree we are, you know, at least on the ice have been the most dominant conference. And it certainly seems like it is, been pretty successful in terms of you know the teams that that made that leap of faith and it's worked out for them and you know the casual college hockey fan or really hockey fan in general probably recognizes the nchc logo now so um you know i think things like that are probably big but then the other thing i would say and and maybe it kind of goes with that is um you know i think there's more camaraderie within our conference than there was early on um you know, our, our coaches get along really well. Um, even, you know, while the fan bases certainly have rivalries and, you know, certain fan bases hate each other and things like that when it comes to the NCAA tournament or the Frozen Four and things like that, typically the majority of our fans uh, rally behind NCHC teams kind of, again, for the most part, regardless of rivalries, not always. Um, right. And so I don't, I don't think you see that even, you know, in Hockey East, their, their Hockey East fans are always floored when, like, you know, Duluth is cheering for St. Cloud or North Dakota or something like that. And so, um, you know, I think that's something that has evolved over time. And um, part of that has come with success and uh, maybe a small part of that, you know, we at the conference office have helped cultivate and just the things we've done, whether it's social media or the frozen face off or, um, you know, our award ceremony or things like that. So, um, yeah, I think those are kind of some things that that maybe come to mind. Um, we certainly do a lot more on social media. We do a lot more video. I mean, we didn't even have NCHC TV in year one. And now in year 10, we have OTT apps on, you know, Apple TV and Roku and Fire TV and mobile apps. So, I mean, technologically we've advanced 
you know, drastically um, creating a, you know, subscribe subscription-based streaming service. And um, that's, that, that would be another big one that, that has certainly evolved uh, over time. Um, and then I guess the, the second part of that question in terms of, you know, big changes upcoming, um, I mean, outside of, you know, potential membership. Yeah, we're, we're eliminating that because. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we, uh, n- nothing comes to mind. I mean, a couple of little things that, um, you know, we, we talked about um, adjusting our media timeout policy and going from three media timeouts to two media timeouts per game. Um, so that that's a potential, uh, you know, relatively small change, but something fans might notice. Um just to help the game move a little bit quicker. And some of that spurs from the big 10 only has one media timeout per period right now. Right. Um, Cause they don't need the advertising money and things like that. But, Apparently not. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're going to two, it'll, it'll still be the same amount of time. So right now we have three 60 second breaks and instead we'll have two 90 second breaks, but it's just kind of one less stoppage in, in play. Um, so that, you know, that's a little change. Um, yeah, beyond that, you know. Um, any any chance we can get a couple of extra minutes of three on three to avoid shootouts? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's it's funny. I feel like we go in circles. I mean, now <laughs> now there's you know we go to the national meetings, which are kind of at the end of the when we have our conference meetings down in Florida, right. and you know now there's coaches who are like ready to be done with three on three altogether. I'm like, oh, we've gone completely full circle in like seven or eight years we've gone from we got to have three on three to like yeah now we can just get rid of three on three and we'll just we're good with we're good with ties again yeah see Um, listen i i you know i i'll admit it i was a big fan of the shootout when they first started i'm like yeah and then i'm sitting as 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 time went on after a few years i'm like this blows what the heck are we doing let's play some actual hockey yeah well now they've made is hockey now, yeah, I, I like three on three. I think it's exciting, and um, you know, it it somewhat mimics the NHL and a lot of other leagues. The, you know, the shootout is you know whatever, and and now that it's kind of required even in non-conference games, I do think that's a little bit silly because it's a shootout that literally has zero meaning. At least, yeah. the sh- at least the shootout in conference play is for a conference point, so there's right. some value to it, even if you don't like the idea of a shootout. At least there's some meaning behind it. But to do a shootout in a non-conference game it's where literally silly. it's for pride. I mean, yeah, it's uh, a little unnecessary in my opinion. So, um, yeah, it is kind of funny to, that there's, you know, coaches that would, I think are ready to just be done with three on three altogether. <laughs> I think part of that relates to, um, they lose in three on three overtime and it counts. As, <laughs> counts as, no, seriously. It counts. As yeah, a loss I know. Loss. Of course. And so they're like, well, yes. we're racking up, we're racking up all these losses, but really they're three on three overtime losses. It's not like we're losing in regulation and, you know, they give the example of like, well, if we just counted them as ties, that you could go, you know, 0, 0, and 11. But if you lose all those in three on three, your record is 0, 11, and 0, which is obviously way worse than 0, 0, and 11. And, um, but, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I get the, I get the argument, but I also like, it's, I mean, it's overtime. Like, you can't have a tie and a win. Like, you either win and lose or they're both ties and we just don't play overtime or it doesn't count as a win or a loss. I don't know. Um, so I, it, we have this conversation every year about changing rec, you know, how you display records and, right. um, you know, and then it be kind of comes this, well, whose decision is that? Is that an NCAA decision? Is that a rules committee decision? Is, can the conference just make a decision like that? So it kind of goes in these circles and then, it, you know, it has pairwise implications depending on the va- you know, what value you give to three on three overtime and the pairwise and. Um, so there's different variables. There's the conference points, there's the pairwise, and then there's your actual, you know, win loss tie record. Um, all of which have kind of different values and, and meanings, right? So it's, it's a little bit messy, but that got a little off topic there, but, um, yeah, no major <laughs> Not off topic. I brought it up. <laughs> I, know, I know, but we were talking about, uh, you know, changes and I don't think there's any changes. This isn't, this isn't okay. a rule. It's not a rule change year. So there's no. <laughs> No real rule changes. Um, I know some people are kind of frustrated with some of the silly uh, "quote unquote" protocol penalties for being on the ice after 23 minutes yeah. or going to give your goalie a dab at the end of the period. And oh. I, I think you may see less of those called uh, this coming season. Um, that that was basically that came from the rules committee. It wasn't those were none of those were new rules. Those were all previously in the rule book. Um, they were just put as a point of emphasis. And so because they were a point of emphasis, they were actually monitored and called. Um, and so I think they're going to maybe 
again, I don't think they're coming out of the rulebook because they were already in the rulebook, but maybe they won't be quite as such a point of emphasis this year. Okay, but so let me... That's, that's just let, my guess. Yeah, you're right. You can ask Mike Schmidt. Uh, <laughs> you can ask Mike Schmidt what he's going to tell our on-ice officials when... Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a good question for him. But yeah, there you no, go. So yeah, it's a non, non-rule change year and uh, our contract with Excel Energy Center at the, for the Frozen Faceoff uh, is for another two years. So, nice. Um, you know, after this year, we'll probably, um, you know, evaluate it. I don't anticipate any major changes there, but, um, you know, obviously we have to reevaluate and decide if, you know, we want to renew and if Excel wants to renew and assuming the partnership stays strong, I, that would be my guess, but um, that'll be coming up here in a couple of years, still a couple of more years on that contract. So yeah, um, no major changes that, I can think of outside of maybe the two things we discussed at the beginning. Okay, so let me let me ask you this regard to schedule, Michael, because you know we cover ACHA, AHL, NHL, NCAA, and one of the things that I'm really intrigued by is the um, willingness of conferences, especially the NCHC and um, its its members, to do exhibitions with ACHA teams. You see, might not state coming to Colorado this year. Uh, Simon Frazier is going to come and play Colorado uh, College this year. Um, is that something you guys have discussions with, or is that strictly up to the universities themselves? Yeah, no, that's uh, strictly up to the schools and the universities and the programs and what they want to do. We we don't really have anything to do with non-conference or exhibition games. Uh, that's all them. We just provide the conference schedule and the dates and the matchups for that. So um, I, I do agree. I think it's great to help grow the game. I thought it was great that UNLV came out to Denver last year for an exhibition game. I know that was a huge deal for UNLV, a uh, funny side story. So we posted our highlights uh, in addition to NCH TV. We post them on YouTube. And the highlights of that Denver-UNLV game were our most viewed highlights of any game. <laughs> well, all they'll be happy to all hear that. All season. So I have to imagine that UNLV shared those highlights and their fan base must have ate them up, even though – it was quite a lopsided score because for an exhibition game to be our most viewed highlights was kind of crazy. So um, kind of funny there, but yeah, I think it's a great way to grow the game. You mentioned Minot state coming out here to Colorado and um, some of the other ones that, uh, that are happening. So, um, you know, it's great experience for those, for those uh, ACHA schools to kind of see the big time and what it, what it takes to be that varsity level. And um, even if the games aren't, you know, always the most competitive, I think it, you know, it kind of gives them that glimmer of hope of, you know, here's what we could could be, you know, five years down the road, something like that, and, and certainly opens up their fan base to kind of a whole new world. Well, the other thing yeah. I want to give you, hold on a second, Paul, I got one more. Um, the other thing I want to give you a pat on the back on, and I know you you don't really have anything to do with it except promoting it after the fact, but the academics in the NCHC is just incredible. I know that goes back to the universities and individual colleges as well, but um, boy, oh boy, that's so much fun to see these, uh, these academic numbers come out and find out that these guys that, that I've run into quite a few times, um, are able to not only achieve things on the ice, but also in the classroom. Yeah, for sure. Uh, like you said, you know, we can't really take uh, a lot of, uh, credit for it, for any of that, but, um, it's great that our coaches are recruiting, you know, well-rounded players and student athletes that are, that care about their academics and they're focused on their academics and, um, certainly, you know, our conference does great, but, but I think college hockey as a whole does a great job with academics. They're always one of the top men's sports in terms of APR and graduation rates. When you look at them, uh, across, you know, kind of all NCAA men's team sports, uh, men's hockey is, is always kind of up there in the top. Sometimes it's number one, but always in the top two or three. And so, um, you know, we're fortunate that we have such great student athletes who, um, are dedicated to, um, you know, taking care of their grades. And, and a lot of them do graduate, even, the, you know, even though some of them leave early, they're, they're uh, leaving eligible and making sure, you know, they're close to being able to come back and finish, you know, down the road or something like that if they want to. So um, it is great to see all the academic honors. We'll actually be recognizing our freshmen and first year transfers uh, at the beginning of July or maybe mid-July once uh, Denver wraps up. I think they're the last school that's actually still in session. They have a couple more weeks left and then they'll finish up. So uh, once they finish up, we'll have some more uh, freshman academic awards to hand out. But uh, yeah, certainly great to see them receive honors from from us and from uh, college sports communicators, which previously used to be COSIDA. Um, I know we had 15 guys that are in academic all-district honors and they'll be eligible for academic all-America, which comes out in a couple weeks. So 
Uh, hopefully we'll get a couple guys that are in academic All-America as well, which, which would be great. Let me, also, let me, what, one other thing on the academic, yeah. we, didn't, we didn't win it this year because we, unfortunately we didn't have any teams at the Frozen Four, but um, we've won, the, for, I don't know if you're familiar with the Elite 90 Award. Oh, yes. Yeah, yes, so it goes to the, uh, the student athlete with the, the highest GPA at the NCAA's championship weekend, so uh, at the Frozen Four in our case. And um, I think of the seven years or eight years that we've had a team in the Frozen Four, we've won the, uh, or someone has won the Elite 95 times, so that's... That's pretty impressive as well. Yeah. Okay. I got to get one more in there on, on follow up to that because a lot of people, I don't know if they fully understand hockey fans, but the college hockey players spend an awful lot of time on the road. <laughs> I mean, uh, more than, say, a basketball team, I think, or a football team, um, because these guys travel a lot and they have to do a lot of uh, classroom stuff. So, yeah, a lot goes into the, the tutor part of this thing, too, having mentorship and tutorship, if you will. Um, while they're out there, but spending that much time away from the actual physical classroom and still getting the numbers, I think that's what's most impressive to me. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, it's, I was never a student athlete, but I would imagine it would be very tough because, yeah, you're missing uh, a lot of Thursday and Friday classes when you're traveling on the road. And I know they try to kind of adjust their schedule to, to avoid that as best as possible. But yeah, it is definitely tough. Um, and especially in our conference because it's a lot of flights and you are having to leave on Wednesdays and Thursdays and um, you know, hockey east and out east where they're busing, it's a little easier. They don't, you know, they can just leave on Friday afternoon and they don't really have to miss as much class time. So I agree. It's uh, it's it's very tough when you're traveling uh, a lot and on weekends and, and the hockey season is six months long. So, um, you know, football season is three to four months and then basketball is maybe four or five. And so um, for as long as it lasts and kind of over two semesters, uh, it is it is not an easy thing, I wouldn't think. I will say, though, um, I've noticed grades and gpas have have gone up really since the pandemic and i would think maybe part of that is because there are more online classes and um, kind of more remote classes and so i think that has worked to the student athletes favor right because they can do a lot of their work when they have time and they don't they're not necessarily missing class time quote unquote so um, i think that has been maybe a nice thing that came out of the pandemic is more online and more remote classes this has allowed them a little more flexibility yeah, well, I, I, you notice I stayed quiet during this whole GPA talk because I wasn't a student athlete either. I wasn't very much of a student. So. Paul, Paul would like to phone it in now teaching if he could. Yeah, well, you know, so uh, here's, here's, a, here's a question for you. Uh, and I know we've, we've talked about this and, you know, you say it's better and easier for you to, to, to stay in the office or at home. Uh, especially during the conference season, or maybe even in the non-conference season, because there's more games. But um, I, I, in this time, you know that that you've been in the league now, you've probably hit every building. No. Uh, me personally. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I have been to every NCHC building, but not necessarily since I started working for the NCHC. Um, the only ones I don't think I have been to, I don't think I've been to Lawson as a working member of the NCHC. I've been to Lawson multiple times when I worked at Miami in my previous job. Right. And then, um, the Brooks center, I, again, I went there with Miami, but I don't know. I've been there for a game with the NCHC. I believe I've been to every other building, certainly CC, Denver, North Dakota, went to Minnesota Duluth for a weekend. I've been to Baxter a couple times and for the pod and I've been to Miami. So yeah, so I think it's uh, just those two. So Lawson and, and the Brooks Center are the two that I haven't been to as a, an employee of the NCHC, but I have been to both of those buildings uh, okay. previously. Well, so, I mean, it's easy to sit here and say um, when you, when you talk, when, if, if I was somebody looking to, uh, make a road trip somewhere. It's easy to say, "Oh, I got to see North Dakota and Denver," or "I have to see uh, CC and Denver," or "or Duluth and St. Cloud." Is there an underrated matchup that you think people should be aware of in this league? An underrated matchup. Hmm. Um. In terms of maybe a rivalry that we don't think of, or 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 where the 
the the intensity in 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 the in the rink is is maybe different than we expect. Uh, I mean, I think Lawson, while maybe not the you know fanciest building, is certainly uh, one of the most intense places to play, and their biggest rival is Miami. So, um, you know, again, I, I'm a little maybe biased, biased. Or, just, or just or just more familiar with that rivalry, right. having kind of lived it and grown up with it. Um, so, you know, I think maybe that rivalry doesn't get as much attention as, um, say, St. Cloud and Duluth, or North Dakota and Duluth, or even North Dakota and St. Cloud. Um, or North, you know, CC Denver, obviously is a huge rivalry. So those, you know, those rivalries are all pretty well known and have been established. Um, so, you know, that would be maybe one that I don't know if it flies under the radar, but, um, that would be, you know, one that, that, uh, I think, think maybe stands out. And I think St. Cloud, North Dakota, you know, I, I think that's pretty well considered a rivalry, but I think there's some pretty intense, uh, feelings between those, those two schools as well, that maybe isn't, you know. Duluth and St. Cloud are our paired rivals in Omaha, and North Dakota. Right. But I think St. Cloud and North Dakota have have built a pretty good, uh, pretty good rivalry there. So yeah, those are the ones that that I think would come to mind for me. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, it's a personal question. I, I I'm, you know, I, that's why I asked. I, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> he he asked personal questions quite a bit, Michael. <laughs> no, anyway. not, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Anyway, um, I'll let you. I'll let you go on this one because uh, Paul and I have been talking an awful lot about the transfer portal, and uh, not necessarily from from your professional standpoint, but just as a personal thing, um, is it getting out of hand a little bit right now, or are we going to get it reined in now that this uh, five year deal with COVID and all that is coming to an end? Or uh, what are your thoughts when you watch it and you see all these players bouncing around and moving around? Because I'm old school, man, and uh, it's getting old to me. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I, I mean, I think your point about uh, when, so we got, what, two years left on the guy, the athletes who got an extra year of, of eligibility. Um, so I think that will slow it down a little bit. Obviously, when a lot of the people going in the portal are fifth-year grad transfers who want to use that extra year at another school, and um, they can do that, and so they're doing that. And so I think that's added to the volume of people you see going into the portal. And so that will obviously go away here, I believe in two more years when that those athletes are out of, you know, out of that five year of eligibility and doesn't apply anymore. Um, but yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I mean, I think it's, it's um, I don't know if frustrating is the right word or just kind of even sad when you see the amount of movement between players and schools. And um, you know, for a while there, I, the portal is now closed in, in hockey, but, you know, just every day there was, you know, 10 new names and people changing schools. And so it is hard to track, uh, you know, who's where and, and things like that. And, um, you know, it's easy for me to say, you know, you should stick it out and, and stay there. If, you know, if you don't like the situation, they absolutely have the right to move and should try and find a place that they're more comfortable with and, and like better and is a better fit for them. But, um, you know, there is also something to be said about that guy who, you know, maybe only plays 10 to 15 games as a freshman, but then, you know, over the course of their career becomes a, you know, a leader and, and by their junior year, they're, you know, a regular starter and are one of the leaders and points and things like that. And, you know, I don't know if you'll see that as much anymore, right? Because the guys that are, for the most part, transferring are the guys that are probably not getting the ice time that they want and not playing as much and not producing as much. And so um, they move on to, you know, what they hope and think will be greener pastures. And sometimes it is, and sometimes it isn't. And, uh, yeah, but um, I, I totally get why the portal exists. I'm not trying to say it shouldn't exist or, you know, it's it's a bad thing per se because I think, you know, coaches move all the time. I think players should have that ability to move at least once when they want and um, find that right fit for them. And people move for all sorts of different reasons. It's not always playing time. It could be a family situation. It could be, um, you know, an academic thing. It could be a relationship thing. So there's lots of reasons why people transfer and, um, I think it's nice that you don't have to sit out a, a year anymore. I thought that was always kind of an unnecessary punishment or a silly punishment. I realized it was to dissuade people from transferring, but um, now we've kind of gone to the obviously opposite extreme. So uh, yeah, that's kind of my thoughts. And, um, you know, I do hope it kind of slows down as the fifth year grad transfers uh, are no longer uh, a thing, um, but you'll still, I'm sure have plenty of people that, want to move on to, to different programs and, and try to find the right fit for them. 
Michael, I always appreciate your time. I will tell you that the brand is uh, alive and well here. I wore my shirt today. I think I saw, you probably saw the picture on social I saw media. The tweet. Yeah, appreciate, appreciate <laughs> and, rocking the gear. And uh, and when I was in two different places today in Palm Springs, people recognized it, and they said, "Oh, are you with the NCHC?" Of course, I said, "Yes, I'm the commissioner, honey. Can I help you?" <laughs> <laughs> No, so you're the I one. So you're the one going around to spreading all the rumors about Arizona State and things like that. That's where that's. No, no, that'd be my co-host in the estate on the island. No, no, no. Well, listen, I'll, I'll say this, and I said it a thousand times. All right, um, having lived there for as long as I did, okay, and I know the mindset of the way they act. Uh, from a hockey perspective, this is where I think ASU should be. Uh, <laughs> he had to get that might, in. <laughs> the business people, well, the business people might think differently, but I think from a hockey perspective, this is where they should be. But that's from that's just my opinion, and I don't. Once again, don't expect Michael <laughs> to bring it, to, to answer it. But he no, brought up the he's rumors, not. So. He'd probably prefer to slap you. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> no, Michael, no, thanks so much. We'll be in touch. Uh, I, I think I need some new garb. I, I didn't get there this year to raid the cabinets and i'm sure menino got there much many more times than i have so yeah we, we got some new stuff and uh you know we're actually kind of cleaning up our offices and kind of oh boy condensing them down a little bit so yeah you'll have to uh i better get there quick you'll have to swing by but i'm glad to hear you mentioned the brand with the logo was well known so twice answer, today so my answer of 10 years the brand being grown yeah. is, is, was a good one so yeah when, twice what, today and yeah. I get it a lot at the AHL building here in Coachella Valley because sure, sure. I, I didn't think they were going to continue doing this. But, man, uh, this this team is unbelievable. And you mentioned Jimmy Schultz, a big part of it. I'm excited to see Mason Morelli. I, I actually coached Mason in Minot when he was a 10-year-old. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so well, just, yeah, so exactly. I'm looking forward to that too. Yeah, no, it's good. And one more shout-out. Uh, you mentioned uh, Gino Binda or Gino Binda Jr. taking over as the director of officials for – uh, Atlanta cocky and uh, he was a former NCHC official so uh, wish yes. him well and glad uh, glad he's uh, getting that chance to do that as well nice job Paul <laughs> Listen, I, I do the best I can <laughs> all right well we got to get some new stuff from you for nchc.tv hope that partnership can continue forever because uh, we love it and uh, we'll say uh, thanks for joining us and listen to the promo ad on the way out yeah, absolutely. We appreciate the uh, support and the partnership and uh, always great catching up with you guys. And uh, yeah, enjoy the off season. All right. That's Michael Weissman, the associate commissioner from the NCHC joining us tonight. Hopefully we get uh, the director of officiating. I keep twisting his arm to see if that'll happen, but we'll find out by Tuesday. This is NCHC week at College Hockey West live and weekly. From the nation's best college hockey conference. Access exclusive on-demand content and watch more than 140 live games. Ready for you wherever you are, however you want to watch. On your phone, computer, or stream to your TV. Your favorite team is on nchc.tv. When you can't be there, be here. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. So you're a few weeks into the season and that brand new equipment bag is starting to get kind of funky. Those sweaty gloves and pads, yuck. Well, there's only so much you can do about it. But when that new pair of summer skates starts to pick up that scent, that's easy. Our customizable shower shoes go right into the washing machine, then air dry overnight, and they're ready for their next shift at the rink. Customizable for your team or with your favorite player's name and number, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear, are perfect for players in the desert or even for just wearing around the house. Head to IcetimeHockeyWest.com and click on the Summer Skates link to get your personalized koozies and shower shoes today. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegras. And they score on the lacrosse move. Jake Gensel. Banks it towards the goal. He before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. My goodness gracious man! Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. After a hard day at work or a long week, 
what's better than good comfort food to put you at ease? At the Spaghetti Shack, we say the answer is comfort food that's made by somebody else. The Spaghetti Shack has taken spaghetti and meatballs, the classic Italian comfort food, to a portable level. ASU alumni owned and operated the Spaghetti Shack is located at 6340 South Rural Road in Tempe and 592 West White Mountain Boulevard in Pine Top, as well as its Ghost Kitchen in Queen Creek. For lunch, dinner, or catering as well, call us at 480-687-2485 or order online at thespaghettishack.com. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. Coming to you from the Summer Skate Studios, it's ITHSW Podcast's College Hockey West Weekly. All right, we're back. Not West Weekly, but West Live. Scott Strandy with you tonight in uh, beautiful Palm Springs, California. My co-host is always Paul Hornstein out on that big, beautiful estate on Long Island, New York. Paul, as usual, uh, we get carried away and go a little long. So oh. I'll ask you quickly to uh, recap what you heard from Michael. and Did anything that he say said um, surprise you or catch your ear? Uh, listen, it's, it's hard to, to, you know, we have, like I said, we have to ask the questions and I'm not, I'm not even talking specifically about ASU. I'm talking about the, the, all the things going on with the NCAA and, and so forth and so on. Have to ask the questions. Uh, you know, we, we understand that there's only so much he can say, but we wouldn't be doing our jobs if we didn't ask the questions. So I just, I just hope people understand that we know we're going to get a roundabout answer. And well, well let's just make it clear ask. also that when, when this comes out, it's going to come out in a form of a press release. It will not be leaked out. <laughs> this is college hockey. Everything no, is I, kept I, well I, under wraps. So you're not going to get anything leaking. If somebody's going to announce it. Uh, whatever it may be before uh, before that happens. Well, like I said, in, in co- as we said, college hockey is unique because of the cross divisions. And, you know, as as we've, we've heard from people over the years, is hopefully there's, when the NCAA has these things, that there's somebody sticking up for college hockey. You know, as the czar has told us, there was always somebody sticking up for college hockey, and 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 hopefully that that still exists. You know, um, as much as I dump on certain teams in a certain league, um, and I understand that they have to look out for themselves, but you know, they they have to look out for 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 the everybody else too because they have the most power. Yep, the multi-sport conference. They have the most power. You are correct. Um, I thought. I thought the fact that, uh, as I brought up, uh, the NCHC teams in particular taking on a role as a, uh, I don't know, growing the game ambassador by doing exhibitions with Simon Fraser and Minot State and UNLV and Lindenwood before they were an NCAA program. I think that uh, that conference more than any is stepping up and taking that on. I and I really like, um, and, and I like that we cover teams in the NCHC because I think that's a very important part of growing the game of hockey. Yeah. And I think they realize that too. And, um, you know, for example, right. You have a David Carl who grew up in Alaska and understand what it means to the smaller sized programs. And, and, you know, ASU coming from the ACHA, understanding 
what that's like, and so forth and so on. Um, right? It it makes a difference, and you know. Uh, and well, you know, and, and I'm not going to bash. It. It and, I'm not going to bash anybody. Oh no, no! I said I'm not going to bash anybody. But um, how how come Minot State doesn't get the opportunity to play an exhibition against um, the University of North Dakota when they're just you know a couple hundred miles down the highway two in Grand Forks? But said for years, uh, UND has taken on Manitoba, uh, University of Manitoba, Maybe and uh, I I don't understand why, uh, and I hope that it's coming down the road where they're going to have uh, the um, the ACHA team in Minot play an NCAA exhibition against North Dakota? Uh, well, we hope it happens. Uh, you would know very much more than I would when it comes to the uh, political aspect of that. So, Yeah, well, hopefully, uh, by the way, Mike Schmidt is from Minot, North Dakota. So <laughs> if we get oh, Mike on on Tuesday night. Yeah, we'll have some we'll have some really good conversations because Mike will know anything you want to know about my not hockey. Anyway, um, all right, take it away from the Summer Skate Studios behind the mask, College Hockey West live on the Ice Time Hockey West dot com network. Brought to you by Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos worldwide. It's where the action is in the resort or in town. Behind the mask, whether you use blades or wheels, whatever your hockey needs are, see our three valley locations or behind the mask dot com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, the best in barbecue Las Vegas style. Available at our two locations, 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, as well as 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. For the NCHC and NCHC.TV, subscribe to NCHC.TV and catch all of the action from the toughest conference in college hockey. Tag Creative Group, search T. Grand Rudd on redbubble.com and let us help you design that one-of-a-kind gift for you or someone special. Top Golf, play some of the world's most iconic golf courses without packing a suitcase. Find out how to so your local Top Golf Center or go to topgolf.com. The Caesar Sportsbook app. Download the app where available, but please play responsibly. College Hockey Inc., your NCAA hockey resource. Liberty University, over 700 programs of study to help you impact your community on and off the ice. Strengthen your faith at our state of the art campus. See us at liberty.edu. College Hockey West Live presented by Behind the Mask is live every week on the Podbean app and is available along with all of our weekly podcasts for download at your favorite podcast platform. Search ITHSW Podcasts, all one word, to find any of our shows. Subscribe, rate, and review the shows, or just tell a friend to help others find the podcast. Once again, ITHSW Podcasts, all one word. Behind the Mask, College Hockey West Live, and all of our weekly podcasts part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Very well done, my friend. We'll say a big thank you to uh, the Associate Commissioner from the NCHC, Michael Weissman, for joining us tonight on the start of NCHC week. It'll be a shortened week because tomorrow night we will not have a show. I've got a game to cover. Stephen Marsh has got a game to cover. But we will have some news coming your way tomorrow from College Hockey because the NHL draft is making... Um, the NHL is making some of the top prospects available tomorrow, and Stephen Marsh will be there to get some comments, I'm guessing, from a couple of uh, familiar names. Let's put it that way uh, when he gets to uh, T-Mobile Arena tomorrow nice. afternoon. All right. We will uh, say goodnight with little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers. De Niro, ask everybody to join us Tuesday night for a College Hockey West Weekly. Good night, everybody. <laughs>